0: You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. The
1: Bible says in chapter one, and keep your Bibles open because we'll get to the Bible moment here a little while now and look at it. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timotheus, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Colossae. Colossae is a city that basically in ruins today, they've never excavated it, but portions of it. Colossae is in Turkey. Turkey is in prophecy in Revelation chapter 16. The Euphrates River, I mentioned it last week again on another message and a few months ago. The Euphrates River begins in Turkey. Whenever you have waterways, you generally have great shipping and great successful cities. As it comes into Turkey, it then merges with the Tigris and it moves into Iraq and it moves into Syria. In Revelation 16, God is going to freeze up or excuse me, empty out those waters and the armies of the East, China, is going to come in over that what was water and invade Israel. You can read that for yourself. The, the, The 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 uh, Turkey is it, it's it's it, it's was named in the eleventh century from the Turks. It's quite a name for a country, but it's an historic name. It, it is um, uh, it, the largest city is Istanbul, sixteen point nine million people. It is such a beautiful industrial uh, the skyscrapers. The it's just a beautiful area. In Bible time. <clears throat> Just one moment, please. <clears throat> Pardon me. In Bible times, Colossae was a tripart city. We have, Jenny, I just saw you from the tri cities in um, Pasco and Richland and uh, another, Redmond is right there, I think. Not Redmond, another one, all another R. They're all in Washington state. A lot of states have the tri cities area. Well, this was a tri cities area. Uh, there was a city called Colossae. Now, it was 120 miles from Ephesus. Ephesus was a seaport city. And if you have a Bible map this afternoon or this week, would you look it up in the back of your Bible? And you'll see Ephesus here. And because it was seaport, it was very important. From Ephesus, 120 miles away was Colossae and Hierapolis, and also the city of Laodicea. And Paul writes to these cities in this book as well. Those cities are 120 miles away. They, they had so much wool and cotton, and they're well known for dyes. They would bring that uh, and transport it to Ephesus and ship it around the world. Sea waters are very important. The Mediterranean is in this area. Uh, this this country is surrounded by Syria, by Iraq, and, and Turkey, of course. Greece uh, off the coast is Cyprus. Paul went to these places and preached the gospel to all this region. And, and you'll see, Iran is a neighbor, and Georgia uh, is a na- uh, is a is a country, part of a country as well, and it is in that area. All this area is Bible prophecy. Last week we saw the destruction of Nineveh in the book of Nahum. And Nineveh has to this day a statue. Uh, During the war 10 years ago, they blew up the statue uh, to Jonah. But Nineveh was a place that came under the judgment hand of God. We saw that last week. Colossae is a great church. As far as we know, Paul mentions he never went there. He was at Ephesus, 120 miles away, for three and a half years, and he taught the scriptures to the people at Ephesus. He never made it over to the Tri-City area. But he shipped these letters, prison epistles, to these people. He was very burdened about the church at Colossae. He's going to tell us about their great testimony. In fact, chapter 1 is sort of a warm-up chapter. And he inserts a few things in there. But then he's going to deal with the doctrinal error. The problem that took place at Colossae is that they began to merge other religions with Christianity. If you remember this area of Turkey and, and Antioch in this region also, God says they are first called Christians here. So it's an amazing city, amazing testimony. In fact, look what the Bible says in verse number three. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Look at these people, their their testimony. Since we heard of your faith in Jesus, in Christ Jesus, and the love which you have for the saints, and the hope that is laid up in heaven, if you heard the word of truth, the gospel, he said, All people, you, your church has a great testimony. And may I say, North Valley Baptist Church has a great testimony. May I say, they had a pastor, and I and my wife, I, I, we're so privileged to be here as pastor and pastor's wife. Verse number seven, as ye have learned of Epaphras, our fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ. So the people had a good testimony, and apparently they had a good pastor, but he said, I want you to see who's preeminent, the person. It, it's found right here. Yeah. Amen. It's Colossians 1.18. But if you'll back up to 17, this is an important verse because it's really it's beginning to introduce the problem in the church. He is before all things, and by him all things consist. It's all about Christ. And he is the head of the body, the church. Who is the beginning of the firstborn from the uh, from the dead? Amen. Read this last part. Ready? Begin. That in all things. Say it one more time, would you please? That in all things. See the problem was they dethroned Jesus. There was some goddess there in that region, and history bears all this out. Zeus was one of the goddess, and, and they would begin to worship. In fact, they began to merge together Christianity and these religions and these gods. The problem here is a word that's not in the Bible, but we know the word. What took place was a, something called Gnosticism. G n o s t i i s m. Gnosticism. Gnosticism is when you bring the mental and the emotional and merge it with Christianity. And that's what these gods were doing. Wait a minute. Zeus was there. Another goddess that was, was there was um, uh, um, Epaphras. Epaphras was a female goddess, and they worshipped this goddess. Another one was Artemis. Artemis has another name. You can go to your Google it, you'll find there's another name for Artemis, and it's Cynthia. I live with a goddess. <laughs> the other god that they worship was Nike. N-I-K-E. And Nike, my wife's therapist, that she had these injuries last year. She's doing so great. High heels on today, getting closer. But, but she said, I'd like you to buy some good tennis shoes. And so my goddess, Cynthia, was given by her grandchildren, the boys, those twin towers that are standing right there by her, some Nike shoes. So from head to toe, I'm living with a heathen. So if there's any problems with me, don't take it up with me. Take it up with her. But they had these, these goddess, And you'll see it in the scriptures in the weeks to follow. They merged them together. And, and the danger is you dethrone who's the head and preeminent. And all of a sudden you bring in Gnosticism, which is just human reasoning, it's enlightenment. It's the danger of a lot of our young preachers today. Everything has to be deeper, and they find things that nobody else ever found in human history in the Bible. It's deeper now. This is the way we do things, and we redefine. The church is constantly being attacked by being redefined. Paul said, after my departure, so grievous wolves come in among the flock, not sparing the flock, also of your own selves, Shall men arise? It is an amazing thing, pastoring the greatest church in all the world, how many times we have different isms coming in here, different platforms coming in, different philosophies. And guess what? <laughs> I'm not going to allow it. Amen. Because it'll destroy this church. That's why this verse in 1977 became our church verse. I remember the old building when I, I said, "Lord, I believe that's the verse you want us to have to, to guide this church." In 1977, could have been 1976, I'm not certain, but around that time. Why this is so important because religion began to this, these were all Eastern religions. These goddess began to move in. We're facing the same thing today called yoga. Hold on, don't leave yet. It's in, I, I preach in little country towns and little country areas. I was driving to Michigan and going to a meeting and the pastor was taking a back road and, and we were out in the country and we found a little white clapboard church, an old preaching church, and they sold it and yoga was meeting there. It's everywhere. All right, what is yoga? I'm glad you asked. It is Eastern religion founded, God bless you, so many in this church say, found it in Hinduism and Buddhism. But the root was in Hinduism. What is yoga? Certainly you're not involved with something you don't know what it's supposed to do. Yoga separates the mental from the physical. Now, what is the Bible term, not for yoga, but from being still? It's the word meditation. The Bible says, this book of the law shalt thou meditate in day and night. What is meditation? It means like what the cow does. You chew it up, you put it in stomach one, you regurgitate it back up, and you chew it again, put it in stomach two, and you bring it back up, and and you're just pondering over it. You're musing over and over that thought. The danger is God gives an order how things are to ha- happen. Turn with me another book over, 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. If, if Paul is writing to the Thessalonican church and he says, verse 16, rejoice evermore. Verse 17, let's read 17 through 23. Ready, begin. Rejoice evermore. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the Spirit, despise not prophesying, prove all things, hold fast what is good, abstain from all. And now the text. I want you to watch the order. Ready? Begin. And the very God of peace... We are trichotomous. We are tripart man. God just gives you the order: spirit, soul, body. Which one is last? Body. Hinduism, Buddhism, yoga doesn't do that. It puts the mind first. Body, soul, which is mind and spirit. Here's the danger. A Christian needs to be led by, first, the spiritual. Our lives need to be based on spiritual decisions, and our spiritual tells our mind, and our mind tells our body. So let's say that you need to be up at 5 o'clock in the morning. You either wake up or the alarm goes off. The alarm goes off tomorrow morning at 5 o'clock. What Does your body, now think of it, what does your body say? Go back to sleep. sleep. My body says that. How many are like me? Sure, go back to sleep. It's cold out there. It was 36 degrees this morning when I got up. 36 degrees. The the rooftops, eventually you could see them and they were white out there. It was cold this morning. My body says, stay in bed. My mind says, you have the right to stay in bed. (laughs) You're tired, Jack. You've worked hard. And every excuse comes from my mind. My spirit says, God wants to meet with me. I met God in the morning when the day was at its best. And his presence came like sunrise, like a glory in my breast. All day long his presence lingered and all day long he stayed with me and we sailed in perfect calmness or a very troubled sea. Other ships were torn and they were battered and sore distressed and the winds that seemed to drive them brought to me a peace and rest. I thought of other mornings with the keen remorse of mine when I too had left the mornings with the secret left behind. I think I've learned the secret. Learned by many trouble why you must meet them in the morning to walk with them through the day. I am not prepared to talk to you or to that sweet lady until I've talked to God. Sweet hour of prayer, sweet hour of prayer that calls me from a world of care. Beds me at my Father's throne, make all my wants and wishes knows in season of distress and grief. My soul has often found release. I must meet God. I have people in this church that are dependent upon me for prayer. Some needs you know about. Others say, I don't want you to let them know about my health needs. There's cancer in our church you don't know about. There's MS in this church you don't know about. There's dementia, and, law, and some folks don't want their request made known. That's up to them, and I'll respect that. There's marital problems going on in homes. It's not my job to advertise it. And, and God knows I'll, if I'm dealing with a marital problem, I'll say, Would you rather my wife know this? She'll pray for you, or would you rather not? And they'll say, Please keep it between us. And I keep it. Not that I want to hide anything from. I want to respect the person's wishes. But I hope that I'm not one of these preachers that just get up in the day and go through the day and never walked with God and met God and read his word and confess my own sins and get right with God in my own heart. I'm not prepared to be a husband a father, a father-in-law, grandfather, a papa, until I, God's met with Jack. I've been, for several months now, knowing we were, and I've been announcing we're coming to this book, I've been trying to walk with God for you. I, I want us to get something, and God has an order, and he said the order is you nourish the, neuro, the, the spiritual first. That's why we get need to be in the Word of God. That's why we need to be in prayer. That's why we need to know the confessions of sin, not to me, but to God. And that there's been nothing hinder my relationship with God. That's why we need the House of God, Amen. because it's all spiritual. Rela- and anytime we say, "My mind says I don't feel like going to church today," and you begin to get governed by your mind, they don't like me there anyway. They're just after my money. That's what they want out of me. They just want to have a big church. And your mind tells, or your body says, I need to go to the mountains. I need to go to the snow. I need to go to bed. I need to take a vacation. A day off. Whenever your body begins to dominate, you're on very dangerous ground. That's why any of us are capable of any sin. I'm not a better Christian than you. I'm not trying to act like I'm. So, but the, in sixth grade, I was delivering papers on a Sunday morning. And I found a pack of cigarettes. And I felt like such a sissy because I didn't smoke them. I'd never heard a message about... Cigarettes, not to smoke them, but I do not know about all. But I just, I didn't think my parents would want me to do that. I think, I, I loved my, I don't know if I loved God very much. I loved my mom and dad. And if, that's why, I've got a message I'm going to preach in the weeks to follow. I just, I want, I, it's ready to preach tonight. I'm not prepared to preach at my heart. I don't think I could preach it without weeping. Because I pastored for a long time, my entire adult life. I don't have the smarts that you have, but I do have insight into people. And I realize almost all adult problems are child-rooted. Almost without fail. I have no reason not to know how wonderful and how good the Heavenly Father is. I have no reason not to know. Because I had an earthly father... That must have mirrored the Heavenly Father. He was patient with my mother. He was kind to my mother. He was kind to us kids. He lived, every morning I, when I'd get up and get ready for the day, I'd see him. He was out there in his chair with his Bible open. He'd already been up for a long time. And then I'd hear him singing around the house. He was 90% deaf and he, he was just hard. And he'd sing, Jesus came, loud, loud always happy, always just a wonderful person, always in church, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, never miss church. Most of you don't have a father like that. And that's why it's hard for me to preach a message and I'm gonna preach one of these Sunday nights soon. because it hurts me that you don't have a mother or don't have a father or whatever's going on through giving you up or through divorce or through whatever it may have been. I have no excuse. So that day in sixth grade, in that early Sunday morning delivering those papers, it wasn't because I was such a good Christian. I loved my mom. I knew if she knew I was smoking, I knew if my dad knew it'd break their heart. In 1967, I worked in the grocery store just a few blocks away from where I found those cigarettes. And they promoted me up. They said, Jack, you've got the, all the beverage cases. And I didn't tell them right off the bat. I tried to stack the beer and the liquor. And I felt like I was so wrong. I never heard, I don't think you're preaching about it. I don't know if my dad ever taught me anything about it. I knew it would hurt them if they found out. I went to Chuck Wall, my boss, and said, Chuck, I, I can't do that. He said, why? I said, you know what? I, I was so ashamed I was a Christian. I said, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Christian. We're not supposed to look at that or touch it. He said, Jack, you could lose your job over this. I said, I, no. And I, I wasn't very strong. I, didn't want, I loved that job. I, didn't, I don't think I love God as much as I should, but I love my mom and dad. I have no excuse. I was brought up in a perfect environment. We didn't have all these crazy things that you, your kids have nowadays and, and, and all the video games and all the killings and all this stuff like that. We had family. We had family. And and here God says, I don't want your body, I, I'm so capable of smoking and drinking and destroying my life. I'm capable of all of that. Those two things, but there's other things I still fight to this day. Because the devil will try to tempt us where we're weak. He's going to try to destroy my life to ruin your life as well. I was preaching up in Portland probably 20 years ago. Had the same room every year, second floor, last room, long hallway. It Had some paneling up about three feet high. I got to my last room and on the ledge right there was a brand new cigarette. I'll never forget it. I've always wanted to smoke. I grew up in high school where at the bus stop, the girls and guys all smoked till the bus got there. And then you went to school with your cigarettes and smoked in the, in the bathrooms at lunch, and the, someone would yell at teacher coming, and they'd put the cigarettes out, all blue, you know, in there. Nobody has been smoking. But they say, you're not supposed to be smoking. You know that cigarette there that night? I, I said, I'm not going to smoke that thing. I'll guarantee it, the old devil came and camped up my doorstep, Brother Flood. And he said, you know what? You better take that and flush it down the toilet in your back, in, in the restroom there, your, your hotel room. I think the devil just want me to touch it. I don't know if I would have done anything with it. I was your pastor. I looked at that thing and said, Lord, I'm not going to touch that thing. I'm scared to death of that. I was the last room in that long, long, long hallway. Overlooking the, was it the Columbia River? I can't remember where I was staying. I remember that room. You know, all night long I tossed and turned. I, I, was, so fr- I was waiting to hear who was going to come down. No one came, but you know what? In the morning early, I always triple locked the door. The chain, the knob, and the main door. I went out there and it was gone. I think that was the devil. You can think what you want. You know my body's my body still craves wrong. I have the old man the bible calls and the new man. It craves wrong. I have great faith. Believing God, I have great fear. Fear is sin. God has not given us the spirit of fear. If you have fear it's not from God. So you, you say but 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 I have the right. I deserve this. I want this. I I I have the whether it's drugs or drink or alcohol or pornography or or uh, uh, anything my, my body craves I want it it's for me I'm gonna do it. When you have come to the point where your body is running your mind and your spirit, you're on slippery slope. Well, I have a right to talk to my wife that way. She's so. She's so no, you don't have a right to talk to her that way. You're governed by your mind or your emotions. Dangerous. Jesus would not talk to her that way. Ah, it's this sinner woman. She's had five husbands, she's living with a man. What are you gonna do about her, Jesus? And he said, Let him with without sin you cast the first stone. When he looked up, they're gone. And he said, woman, neither do I condemn thee. Now, go and sin no more. Don't stay this way. In this room, many of you are not playing with Eastern religion. You're playing, however, with your body. We all have a tendency. I have the right to this. You know, this, this, my body craves this. I, I've been asking my wife because I, I crave salt. I just crave it. And my doctor told me five years ago, October, I don't want you using salt. And so I've not touched a salt shaker in five years. Now, I'll buy chips and I'll get the saltiest ones I can get, lick all the salt (laughs) off, but I'm not touching the salt shaker. (laughs) And she said, you must have an iodine, you need iodine, whatever you said. And, but but I have a, my body craves that. Some of your bodies, Renee Popkiss, you're one of the most evil women in this church. She made us two deals of fudge, chocolate fudge. Somehow, without me touching, it's disappearing. <laughs> my goddess, who wears her Nikes. I crave fudge. But can I tell you something? And I'm not saying I'm perfect, but sometimes when I crave something, I say, okay, I have to deny myself. I do not want my body in control. And when your body, I don't feel like going to Sunday school. Oh, that's your body speaking. Well, I'm lonely and and they're all stuck up in that church and they're up. Uptown, They all have nice clothes. And they all this. And they all that. And and all that. And and your mind will begin. They don't even like me at that church. and Your mind tells you. But God says I want you to be controlled by the spirit. By your mind. And then your mind tells your body from the spirit. The, the, The apostle Paul in Philippians keeps using the word mind. All right. And, and he does it here in Colossians 2. How about Isaiah 26, 3? Thou will keep him, me, you, in perfect peace, whose mind, the mind, for as a man thinketh in his heart, his mind, so is he. Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on, on where? Thee. Who has to have the preeminence? Jesus. All that I need is Jesus. Jesus Christ is made to me. All I need, all my mind, body, and everything need. He is all I need. He is all I need. All. This week I'm going to ask you, would you put it in order? Look what he says in Colossians. You're here in Colossians. Go back and we'll be done. They were uniting Eastern religion with Christianity, human reasoning, enlightenment. Notice what it says in chapter 1 and verse 21. And you who were sometimes alienated enemies in your mind by work at work it works, yet now hath he been reconciled. You you were part of this whole movement of goddess and gods. That's who, that's who you were. You worshiped these things. But now Christ saved you. And he must increase, John 3, 30. And I, my flesh, my mind must decrease. Notice what he says in chapter 2, verse 8. So important. Let's read it together. Chapter 2, verse 8. Ready? Begin. Beware lest any man spoil you. We know of armies that have been spoiled, they've been captured. And God says, you're going to get captured through philosophy. Philosophy is a sum of ideas. And that's what's happening in our churches. New music, new way to sing, New, uh, new, new dance bands, new frontline singers, no choirs, uh, no, no more preaching, the word of God. Uh, let's just all relate to one another, connect with one another. I, I want to I wanna be your friend, but I want to co- connect with this one uh, that's, that's preeminent. Amen. That's you know, ladies, when your husband wants to walk with God, encourage him to walk with God. Notice what the Bible says in chapter 2, verse 18. Let no man beguile you. He uses that word in this book. You'll see it many times. The word beguiles to deprive you or defraud you of a victory that you can have. I don't want to defraud anybody of some victory. And the Bible said, let no man beguile you, take from you, your reward, voluntary humility, worshiping of angels, intruding those things which yeah, which he hath not seen vainly puffed up by a fleshly, what? Mind, we, we have to protect this mind. We must protect this mind. Because what you put in your mind, as a man thinketh in his mind, his heart, so is he. So we say to a mate, please forgive this word, shut up. Oh, shut up, you old axe! Oh, oh, I don't know why I said that. Oh, yes, you do. It was buried in your mind. You thought it. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mind, the mouth speaks. I've never been happy with you. That thought has already been planted by yourself or by somebody else. And God said, I want you to protect your mind. And so the apostle Paul with this great city that now is covered in ruins. Oh, they have some of these gods and goddesses that they've uncovered. Some pillars. They had a great theater there, outdoor amphitheater that sat 12,000 people and they've uncovered some of that. It was an amazing place. But this church began to introduce gnosticism where we, we, we have this reasoning, this thinking. We have this enlightenment. We know more because we've studied all these other things. That's what German rationalism is. In the 18th century, you were not considered educated as a minister of the gospel unless you were taught by German rationalism, and rationalism Rationalizes everything in life and how careful we need to be. And so today, you've been so patient with me as we someone introduced this today. My mind tells me I'm lonely, nobody likes me, I'm depressed. My body said I'm tired, I'm irritated, I'm cold, I need rest, it's not fair. I need to look out for me, the number one. The UN says on June 21st. They passed legislation. We're having a worldwide yoga day. We are, we're, we're trapping ourselves into, we're trapping ourselves into Eastern religion. How about having a worldwide Christian day? Amen. Yes. You can't do that. You can't mix religion. That's what yoga is, ladies and gentlemen. Study it yourself this afternoon. It's probably a football game on today, I guess, but yes or no. But, but just study it yourself. Don't watch a football game. See, I'm going to study yoga. Just look it up on your iPad or look it up on your computer. You want to tell you what it is and where it's rooted. I'm going to stay far away as possible. I'm getting real close to meditation. This book of law, shall that meditate in day and night. Tonight, today, you're going to have to figure out, and I'll have to figure out what's important. My mind tells me notoriety is important. My my mind tells me uh, uh, position is important. My mind, my business is important. My mind says money is important. My my mind says things are important. My my, mind says popularity is important. My mind, and our minds come up with all these things. Being recognized is the most important. But that's not what this book is. He that is chiefest of all, let him be the servant. You have been very patient with me this morning. You've been in a classroom. Let's bow for prayer. Father, may we prioritize our life making the spirit first, our mind following the spirit, and our body following our mind and spirit. Our heads are bowed. Are you saved? Is he, is he your savior? Since we heard of your faith, do you have a faith in Christ if you've been born again. Could you make this the day of your salvation? Christian, can we make this year the year that don't govern by your mind or my thinking or what I think and my, my body, what it deserves? L- let God guide you. In the very first verse, the very first chapter, he talks about the will of God. The will of God is that, and he talks about that will several times. God has a desire for your life. What's God's desire for you?
0: Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org.